Well, church family, this is part two of Esther chapter six. Uh, if you have not, this is the first one that you've listened to. I recommend going back to the first one. Uh, it gives you a little bit more context of what I uh, I'm about to say because this kind of builds on top of uh, the things that we heard, that I've said earlier. Um, if you recall, the application for this week is going to be self-evaluation about how we self-evaluate ourselves. In other words. How do we deal with pride? I think all of us, if we were to be honest with ourselves, we're people that are that struggle with pride in various forms. Uh, we're very prideful creatures because we love to elevate ourselves. We love to think highly of ourselves. We want to preserve ourselves. Um, we essentially want glory. And I said yesterday that if any attempt at pride is really a compete is really competition against God for His glory. Um, we become sort of like a rival to the Lord if we seek uh, to be elevated. We, we're always prideful in our heart of hearts. What we're trying to say is that we're better and more important than the Lord. So I want to look at these different areas of uh, of, of pride in our lives uh, in hopes that we can root it out so that we can um, you know, be used by God mightily. If, if we don't humble ourselves, as Spurgeon said, the Lord will humble us. Um, so it's better that we just get rid of our sin now as opposed to the Lord revealing to us. Because when that time comes, when we get humbled by the Lord, it's going to hurt way more than for us to just to cut off the sin now in our lives. Uh, so I gave some of the outlines uh, yesterday, but I'll just restate uh, the two that we're going to go over today. Uh, first is self-delusional. We see that in verse 6. You call in verse 6, Haman uh, uh, got into the king's court, and the king asked him, what is this? What is to be done for the man whom the king desires to honor? And Haman said to himself, uh, this is, uh, I don't think he said out loud, but he said it kind of thinking in his own mind, wow, who would the king desire to honor more than me? There was no one else in the entire kingdom that he thought was worthy to be honored by the king. Uh, he, he, there was just no one else that crossed his mind, no one that even came close to it. The only person he thought that des- that deserved this type of praise and this type of position and accolade is only himself. And perhaps some of you think too much about yourself and your own self-importance. Um, one way we think we do that is we think that we are always right. I don't know if you ever met someone that's just argumentative all the time. They always feel like they need to chime in on every single argument, every single debate, and they have to be right, otherwise uh, the conversation will not end. And people like that, it's kind of hard to be around uh, because they always feel like they need to know everything. They need to, they, they want they want you to know that they know everything. Um, but yet, uh, we know that throughout Scripture, especially, I'm, I'm, I'm citing the book of Proverbs a lot because Proverbs speaks a lot about just practical life living. Proverbs speaks a lot about um, just people who always want to be right. Um, Proverbs 3, verse 7 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. The proverb here states that there's something evil by, uh, uh, by the fact that you think wisely, or that you think that you are wise in your own eyes. There has to be acknowledgement that there's a limit to what you know. A humble person under an infinite God knows that they don't know everything. But yet a prideful person, someone who's self-delusional, will think, yeah, I know everything that, that there is to know. Uh, I, I have all that there is. You know, I don't need any correction. Um, 
Proverbs 26, verse 12, do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. And it's so interesting, this in Proverbs 26, so right afterwards, when this verse speaks of the sluggard, the lazy person. Uh, the lazy person is someone that doesn't, that thinks that, well, I don't need to work. And they think of themselves as unworthy of, of work. Uh, verse 13, right after Proverbs, uh, in chapter 26 of Proverbs, the sluggard said, there is a line in the road, a road, uh, sorry, the sluggard said, there is a line in the road. A line is in the open square. As the door turns on his hinges, so does the sluggard on his bed. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish. He is weary of bringing it to his mouth again. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can give a d- discreet answer. So there's this, there are some lazy people that actually have a high view of themselves. That think to themselves like, oh, well, I don't need to work or whatever it may be. They think that they're right. That they rather make excuses for themselves. And you'll know that people who are always elevating themselves, will always have an excuse to not to do the right thing. Uh, they always have an, a reason to choose to do the things that are wrong. Uh, you, there's always an excuse. No matter how many times you try to ask him to repent, there's always something. Uh, and they're really doing this just to sympathize and, and protect themselves and their own sin. Uh, these are self-delusional type people. Um, and another example is that uh, they always think feel like uh, what they uh, they always feel like everything that they get is what they deserve or what they want in life. There's always a lot of things like, oh, it should be this way or I should have this. Uh, people who are filled with pride always think that they deserve uh, the best in life. Um, but we have to understand that like, as Christians, we don't deserve anything. Pride is when you see too much of yourself. You think you deserve more than you actually do. The Heidelberg Catechism uh, number 117 asks this question about prayer and says, what belongs to a prayer which pleases God and is heard by him? And the answer is, first, we must from the heart call upon the one true God only who has revealed himself in his word for all that he has commanded us to pray. Second, we must thoroughly know our need and misery so that we may humble ourselves before God. That uh, Third, we must rest on this firm foundation, although we do not deserve it, God will certainly hear our prayer for the sake of Christ our Lord, as he has promised us in his word. So that's a humble person's attitude when it comes to life. We don't think highly of ourselves. We don't think, we don't overestimate ourselves. So we have a humble disposition, knowing that we don't actually deserve anything. And that's the question, that's, that's you know, the question that I've asked Myself, a lot of times when I'm struggling, what do you actually deserve? Whenever I feel like I'm entitled uh, to certain things, I have to always remind myself, well, no, what do you actually deserve? And then I know in my because of my sin, I deserve nothing but the wrath of God. And anything short of that is already a mercy of the Lord. Matthew 18, verse uh, 1 to 4, uh, the disciples ask, who then is the king greatest in the kingdom of God? And you remember what Jesus did. He brought a child before them. And he said, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of God. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Yet it's, we know this verse. We know that in order to get into the kingdom, we have the childlike faith. But isn't it so interesting that the moment we become believers, somehow we forget that, that we need to keep this childlike faith. We begin boasting about our 
talents in the church. We boast about our success outside of the church. Uh, we think uh, more about ourselves than we actually deserve. And we forget the fact that all that we have is actually from the Lord. And it should be used to, to serve others and to give God glory. In Third John chapter, well, chapter 1, verse 9, it, uh, John writes this, I wrote something to the church, but Theotrephes, who loves to be first among them, does not accept what we say. For this reason, if I come, I will call attention to his deeds, which he does, unjustly accusing us with wicked words, and not satisfied with us, he himself does not receive the brethren either, and he forbids those who desire to do so and puts them out of the church. So there's people in the church who thinks that they deserve to be first. And John here is going to say he's going to confront this person um, because of his sin. He thinks that he needs to be, um, I mean, this person was probably some sort of leader. He probably saw himself as like influential enough to say, to make all the shots. And anyone that crosses him gets kicked out of the church. And there are people even in our church and potentially even ourselves can be like that. We think that everything has to be our way. Um, it can't be uh, anyone else's way. It has to be our own. Because, and the reason why that is, because at, at the heart of, of why they do these things, is because they have a high view of themselves. Much like Haman, who said, who thinks that no one else deserves such honor and praise. Such so it is with us when we think that we think highly of ourselves. We think that we have the we're the only one that have the right answers. We're the only one that can do ministry. We're the only one that does the best at our job. We're the only one that does the best at home. Whatever, whatever, whatever. We think too highly of ourselves. Self-delusional are people who overthink their own importance and want others to know as well. And it offends uh, people that they uh, that they are not the center of the attention. Um, they talk about themselves, they want to draw attention from themselves, and they even make it seem as though God is their own servant. So as Christians, if we don't want to be humble by the Lord, we must have, we must cast out all self-delusion of ourselves. We must have an accurate view in that we were all sinners, enemies of God, but rescued by Him. And everything that we do afterwards is, is to be used to, to serve others and to glorify God. Um, anything that we would do to, to bring the, uh, to en- enhance the kingdom or, or to bring people to the kingdom of God. It should be not because it, it should be known to us. That's not because of our own talents, it's because of God working through us. Second, look at self-praise. So first was self-delusional and look at self-praise. And this seasons verse 7 to 9, back at Esther chapter 6. Then Haman said to the king, For the man whom the king desired to honor, let him bring a royal robe which the king ha- has worn, and the horse on which the king has ridden, and on whose head a royal crown has been placed. And let the robe and the horse be handed over to the one king's most noble princess, and let them array the man whom the king desires to honor, and lead him on the horseback through the city square, and proclaim before him, Thus it shall be done to the man whom the king desires to honor. So he, he asks the king, or the king asks Haman for some suggestion, how do you honor someone? He basically gets his wish fulfillment. He, he, he's asking all the things in which he wants to be praised. He wants, uh, he wants this, he wants to ride on this horse, he wants to wear this coat, <laughs> he wants to wear this crown. He, he wants all of these things, but he's not saying it because it's the betterment of others. Rather, this is something he wanted for himself, and he was hoping that he would get this. He was hoping that the king would treat him this way. He's again praising himself. He's um, he, he's he's putting himself on the pedestal and, and saying 
Here's how I can be honored. Now, how many times in our own hearts do we think this way? And sometimes um, we think about that, you know, the book, the love language book. You know, that there's like plus and minuses to, to that book. But one of the minuses to that book is that you sometimes people feel, well, I could only be loved a certain way. So unless I am loved a certain way, your love to me is not worth it. It has to be exactly the way that I want it to be. And this is just, a, 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 again, it's pride. It, you want people to serve you or praise you uh, only because it makes you, only because it strokes your own ego. Uh, sometimes in the Christian circles, we do these backhanded compliments where we like kind of insult ourselves just so that other people can, uh, you know, kind of praise us instead. Uh, it's like a bait and switch. We, we say that, oh, we're not, I'm not, I'm not that disciplined. And then you, you're saying that just so you can fish for compliments. Um, but, you know, we know as Christians that we should let other people praise us, not because um, we want that, but rather it's just a, they're just they're just sharing what the Lord, uh, how the Lord's working in your life. And, and I think one 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 thing I'm trying to work on in my own life is that when people ever share compliments to me, I just kind of just take it as is and move on. Uh, just don't dwell on it. If someone say good job on this, good job on that, okay, praise the Lord and move on. Um, a prideful person will always. Like keep a log of all the things that people say about them, and the moment where someone says something contrary, they get upset, uh, they get uh, offended, and then they are con- con- constantly trying to defend and protect uh, all of the things that they built for themselves. Proverbs 25 verse 27 says, "It is not good to eat much honey, nor is, nor is it glory to search out one's own glory." Um, this proverb is basically saying, don't try to search for own, your own self-glory. Proverbs 27, verse 2. Let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. Um, it's, it's just wiser that way that like you don't put that other people praise you as opposed to you praising yourself. Um, because sometimes if you can't deliver, then the um, you, if you're like boasting by your own strength and you can't deliver, then you, it's, just, it's just humiliating. Um, the reason why I say this point is because some of you guys are going to be looking for jobs in the future, and don't get it twisted when when I say when when I'm talking about self praise. When someone, let's say your job interview person asks you, "Tell me your strength," don't say something like, "Oh, I have no strengths." That's not wise. Um, that's foolishness. And good luck trying to find a job because you won't be able to if all you say is or something like, "Oh, I am nothing but a worm." You know, it's like no. That's when people ask you in a job interview. They ask you for your strength so that they can know if you could be a good fit so that you can actually be a, uh, so you can basically, uh, be better for the company so you can serve people better. That's why they ask that question. It's not necessary for you to brag about yourself, but that you're, you're giving them what you can offer so that you can, uh, uh, care for other people, uh, so you can make the company better. Um, and for us, we need to, uh, not, not brag about ourselves or boast. Uh, to make ourselves feel significant, you know, we just understand where our role is, and we just serve. We just you we acknowledge, we state certain facts, and we leave the rest to the Lord. But yet, there are times in our own self praise, what we do is that we always try one up one another. Uh, we brag uh, to make others feel insignificant. You know, like sometimes it goes both ways. You you talk so highly about yourself so that. Um, 
people can never always have to like almost like look up to you in your high horse or the other way uh, you think yourself so lowly uh, that no one could ever suffer as much as you and that's self-pity which we'll look at uh, later this week but as a christian you must not be praising yourself because you either either you can only be praising one person either you're praising the lord or you're praising yourself there's no in between uh, because that's where your heart is what comes out of out of the alpha of your heart, the mouth speaks. If you're speaking about yourself all the time, then it shows what's really in your heart, which is yourself. James chapter 3, verse 5 says this, So also the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it boasts of great things. Uh, later on, James chapter 4, verse 16, uh, but, as it is, but as it is, you boast in your arrogance, and all boasting is evil. Again, boasting or bragging, everything that we do uh, to elevate our position is actually evil in the sight of the Lord. Rather, instead of boasting about ourselves, uh, we, should need put, we need to put off bragging and put on boasting in the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 to 24, he says, Thus says the Lord, Let not a wise man boast of his wisdom, and not let the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches, but let him boast boast." of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercise loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. See, and here it says that he delights in us boasting in the Lord and, and the attributes of God and uh, who he is. Uh, and that's what Christians should be, because if we're dwelling on the things of the Lord, the things that should come out of our mouth the most is the things of God. Because he's the center of our lives. But if it's ourselves, then we're always going to be talking about ourselves. Romans 15, uh, verse 17. Therefore, in Christ Jesus, I have found reason for boasting and things pertaining to God. Paul, again, uh, here talks about how he only boasts about all of what Christ has done. Nothing about his own deeds, but his own, but just that he's just amazed about how the Lord is using him. And again, his talents. It's a situational event where he's able to use by God how he sees uh, the Lord converting people. He praises the Lord for it, and he thanks God for it. Proverbs one thirty one tells us that let him not let him who boasts boast in the Lord. And we see this later on Second Corinthians as well that uh, if we were to boast about anything, we should always be boasting in the Lord. Um, because if you don't boast in the Lord, you're going to be boasting by yourself, and over time, the Lord will humble you to show you that you're actually not that great, that you're not as great as you actually think. Um, and he will reveal that in the end that you really don't matter. We are all but finite dust. And it's better, again, that we see this in our life now than to uh, than, than for us to humble us in, in whatever means he does it. Um, however he does it is going to hurt. So it's better that we, hurt, that we cut out the sin in our life now as opposed to that day when... You know, we fall because of our own pride. That's the first two. Uh, we'll go to look at self-humiliation and uh, self-loathing tomorrow. Okay, thank you guys.